Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs. Welcome to The Great America Show. And yes, the 118th Congress is now open for business. And it looks as though we won't have to wait long before the Marxist Dems erupt at the new management of the House of Representatives. Their hair is already on fire, and they're already throwing fits because the Republican reforms mean members and the public will have 72 hours to read proposed legislation before the bill can be voted on. The days of the Democrats ramming bills through that members didn't have a chance to read, let alone offer an amendment, are ended. The Republican Congress will be transparent. The representatives will be accountable. All of the reforms, the result of hard bargaining led by Congressman Andy Biggs and his band of reformers, made up of Freedom Caucus members and new speaker Kevin McCarthy. And the Marxist Dems are screaming like stuck pigs because now they're accountable. Power and responsibility has been distributed through the committees and the Speaker of the House is more limited in his ability to make decisions. His power diminished. The power of the members enlarged. All of this because 21 Republicans wanted to change the status quo and roll back the swamp. One of those members is our guest today. She's Representative Anna Paulina Luna from the 13th Congressional District of Florida, also an Air Force veteran. And welcome to the Great America Show, Representative Luna. Congratulations on your election, and how does it feel to have your name attached to the Congress of the United States? It is pretty surreal and also, too, very exciting, especially after what we accomplished this past week. Well, let's turn to that, because that was a moment uh, for the history books, uh, and I am being quite uh, literal. Uh, It is (laughs) what you all accomplished, the Freedom Caucus, uh, under the the leadership of Congressman Andy Biggs. You guys stood tall. You bargained for the right things for the American people, for the institution, and you prevailed. I just want to say congratulations. I want to say thank you uh, for what you've done for the republic because I truly believe you uh, that week and what you all stood up for and achieved uh, will help save this republic without question. Absolutely. You know, at the time when we were going through it, you know, even in leading up to really January 3rd, you know, there was a list of things that we really wanted to see change within this institution. And we realized that for far too long, I think especially after what happened recently with COVID, you know, a lot of people, instead of having these conversations, um, they just weren't doing it. And so these negotiations had been in place well before January. In fact, I think that they began actually in summertime. And then when I won my election in November, when I came up here for orientation, these were still being discussed. And what I want the American people to know is that regardless of what the mainstream media tried to say initially, that these discussions, this debate, it wasn't done in an effort to 
um, be personal with anyone. It was done on behalf of the American people. If we don't change it now, when are we going to change it, right? And so some of the things that are in play that we were able to actually get concessions on from now Speaker McCarthy, um, for example, the Jeffersonian motion to vacate the chair, that allows us as a member and as a conference to hold the speaker accountable. It's something that existed for over 200 years, was put in place by Thomas Jefferson and ultimately was removed by Nancy Pelosi, but that's a huge accountability mechanism. Um, we're gonna be voting on term limits. We have single subject bills, meaning that they can't load all this irrelevant nonsense into some of these bills that the Democrats love doing. Um, these are just a few items of this massive negotiation we engaged in, and I really hope that people um, understand that we were fighting for the American people. We had them on their mind the entire time. And I also know that the entire Republican conference, now that they see the rules, are actually, from what I'm hearing, very supportive. Well, I would think they would be, because the fact of the matter is, you all have made it possible for Kevin McCarthy to be one of the most effective speakers of the, of the House uh, in modern mm -hmm. history. You really have. I mean, the rules are will create transparency. They create accountability. They create at least an atmosphere of honesty that has certainly not been in place in the Congress for at least, I'm going to say at least a, a couple of decades, honestly, going back to, uh, to about 1994. Uh, the mm -hmm. Congress has been in deep need of reform, and 21 reformers stood up and got the job done. And I, and I, again, how, I, I think the American people need to understand fully how courageous it was of Congressman Andy Biggs of Arizona to stand up as almost a solitary figure. He had three or four people at the outset who would stand with him, uh, maybe six or seven by the time this was underway, that grew to 21. Uh, he did this in the quietest, most unpretentious and selfless way that one can imagine on issues that are so important. You've mentioned the motion to vacate. You've mentioned, uh, oh, you know, single subject bills. Uh, this And importantly, I, I think the people of this country learned something about their Congress. There's been indolence. <laughs> there has been indolence prevailing within that conference because they... Congress people couldn't even begin to know what they were voting on because bills would be dropped, massive omnibus bills like the $1.7 trillion bill uh, at the uh, beginning of the year. Uh, it, it is at the end of the year. It, it is just remarkable what you all achieved. What has been the feedback you. from your from your district? So initially, I think people were just really wondering what was happening because when we first stood up and said, you know, no, um, we had a lot of people that, that didn't quite understand. And so the, the spin against us really, I think by more mainstream media, it was, it was a lot to go through initially, right? So it was a pressure cooker. But then as people heard more and more about the negotiations taking place, and then the American people started tuning in and watching what was actually happening on the floor on C-SPAN, they saw these discussions taking place and going down, and then they realized what we were negotiating for. I mean, I on my way flying up here this morning, Lou, I actually got stopped twice by people, and they just said, I just wanted to thank you for what you did. You've made a difference. Um, we were very frustrated right now with with Congress and what's happening in the federal government. And we just want to let you know that you kind of gave us some hope back. But more importantly, I will say this. Um, I did happen to have a private conversation and actually wrote um, now Speaker McCarthy a letter back in November. 
And one thing that I shared with him is I said, you know, Abraham Lincoln had so many people that had differing opinions and they even worked against him. But when he became president, he brought all those people on board and had one of the most effective governments in U.S. history and really did something incredible. He abolished slavery. And I was like, the speaker that embraces the motion to vacate the chair, the Jeffersonian motion, and that can do that by bringing on conservatives to have a voice at the table, especially in regards to the legislation that's hitting the House floor, that is the speaker that will earn my vote. And to his credit, you know, in negotiations, he embraced that. And so um, I obviously am looking forward to what we will be able to collectively do as a conference. I, that's great news, and I and I really have the sense that what you all did get accomplished, including, by the way, and importantly, uh, it's all important. But to move that uh, that subcommittee to investigate ongoing uh, criminal investigations by the federal government uh, is so critically important because the American people need to know what has what has happened to their government. The weaponization of the Department of Justice, the FBI, we know the intelligence agencies, nearly all of them have been weaponized in some fashion or other. These are critical, critical issues. Uh, Your thoughts? Oh, yes, absolutely. So what you're referencing is the church style committee. And I think for far too long, especially with what's happened recently, the FBI is and has been caught on a number of occasions. We're even seeing it right now being exposed to the American people with Elon Musk Twitter file dumps, Um, whether it is suppressing information about um, COVID or what was happening with election integrity. These are all things that the FBI should not be doing, right? They are a taxpayer-funded organization. They should be going after people that are trying to hurt American citizens, not mothers who are showing up to school board meetings, not Americans that are simply having a differing opinion than the woke ideologies of the left. And so that is incredibly important. The FBI is an institution that we should have faith in. We shouldn't fear them. And in no way, shape, or form is it ever publicly acceptable for them to be weaponized against the American people. So this committee is very special. Um, From what I'm hearing, it's actually going to be placed under House Judiciary. And if anything is found to be bad, we, we are going to elevate those issues and I believe take punitive action as we should. Uh, absolutely. And as I understand it, at least at this point, uh, not only will it be under judiciary, but Jim Jordan, the chairman of the to be of the Judiciary Committee, will be directly chairing uh, the subcommittee, which I, I personally, I think is a, a grand idea. He is one of the most effective and I believe uh, patriotic Americans in the entire Congress. And it's that is going to be a place for the uh, I think that will be well served uh, by having uh, Congressman Jordan's personal engagement and involvement. Uh, your thoughts? I, I mean, I, as you saw on the floor, I voted for Jim a few times, so I have the exact right. same opinion. Representative Jordan, as you know, was a founding member of the Freedom Caucus, of which now I'm a part of. And I do have the utmost respect. I think not only has he been able to show through through the impeachment trials against President Trump that he really does have a titanium spine, but right now I think the American people need to know that although we might have had, you know, our disagreements on the floor, uh, but that we are there's a group of people now that are willing to hold even our fellow colleagues 
um, we, we want to hold them to be accountable. And I think Representative Jordan has shown the American people that he's the right man for the job, right place, right time. And I do think that we will see that there will be people brought to justice. Just because someone is a part of the FBI doesn't mean that they shouldn't be subject to the same justice that you and I would face if we broke the law. And so I am interested in finding out what is going to happen with that. I have requested um, if I can, to be a member of the church committee so that I can help run some of these, those investigations and really bring faith back to the American people that we can fix the broken system. And as you saw over the last couple of days, you know, the 20 of us working together and now working with our colleagues are going to do some great things for the American people. Uh, we just got word uh, that uh, House Freedom Caucus member, uh, Congressman Mark Green, has won uh, the race to be chair of the Homeland Security Committee defeating uh, Congressman Dan Crenshaw. Uh, also, Mike Rogers, the man who lunged uh, at <laughs> Congressman Matt Gates in the heat of the uh, evening Friday, has announced that he is stepping down from the, uh, from the steering committee. Uh, do you know what the uh, situation is there? Um, I can't tell you firsthand because I just flew in this uh, this afternoon, but what I will tell you is the one thing that I've appreciated that both Representative Rogers and also Representative Crenshaw has done is they both issued public apologies to us. And I will say that with everything that kind of happened, obviously there were there were tempers that were high, but I've accepted Dan's apology. I know Representative Gates has accepted um, Representative Rogers' apology, and I think moving forward, you know, these individuals, um, I don't think that they fully understood what was happening in the back end negotiations of this entire thing. But moving forward, I hope that we can kind of aim our, our metaphorical cannons at the left and really stop some of the corruption as well as some of the woke ideologies we're seeing out of the left. And I think that you're going to see that, you know, when you have Adam Schiff and Eric Swalwell attacking us because of the um, the rules package that we got <laughs> or that we will get passed, you know that you're on the right side of history. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I, I, those are two of the most embarrassing people in Congress. I, I, I'm not <laughs> I'm not given uh, uh, represent, <laughs> Representative Luna to, uh, to nuance and subtlety here. Uh, I, I, I find them absolutely uh, an embarrassment for the American people to have them even in the uh, representative, the House of Representatives. It's just, uh, uh, to me, an obscenity. Uh, let, let's turn to further your personal uh, a ambitions, if I can put it that way, what you want to accomplish uh, in, in your first term uh, in the House of Representatives. Uh, give us a sense of what is most important to you on the on the Republican agenda. Well, actually, interesting that you brought that up because I was just meeting with my my legislative director, and I was going over with her on some of the existing legislation that's out there on what happened to the service members that were kicked out of the military due to not taking the COVID-19 vaccine. Mm -hmm. And so, as you know, I'm a veteran and my husband was actually also one of those service members that in December of last year, for religious reasons, did not want to take the vaccine. And so he was discharged after 12 years in service. And what I'm finding is, although we're moving forward with the Republican majority, we cannot forget those service members that really sacrificed a lot for our country. And ultimately because of the Biden's agenda, 
were really kicked, kicked out into the cold. And so I would like to co-sponsor legislation to take care of those service members after their fact, make sure that their service record is corrected so that they're not receiving anything other than an honorable discharge and potentially giving them the opportunity to either rejoin the military and or um, receive sometimes their retirements if they were kicked out prematurely. You mean to tell me they didn't receive honorable discharges? From what I was hearing initially early on, there are some members that were discharged with other than honorable discharges, which means that it's not considered a dishonorable discharge, but it's coded differently. And sometimes that coding can have an effect on employment. Sometimes it can have an effect on benefits. And either way, any service member that was kicked out because of that, it's, it's not right, right? We see now that there has been Um, a list on the COVID-19 mandates. And the one thing that always frustrated me is why is it that service members were kicked out, but some of the same uh, congressmen and women that were fighting for this mandatory vaccines, they were actually exempt because of the way that Congress wrote the rules. And so that to me is infuriating. A lot of these service members, you know, sometimes the military is the only thing that they had. And so we took that from them and we need to make sure that we're taking care of them after the fact. So I will be actively engaged in that and then also focusing on fighting right now what's happening with the rise of China. I think that we are in the biggest economic warfare with them that we're going to see in my lifetime, and so I'm hoping to really do everything that we can to get back to American energy independence and also decoupling from China in every way, shape, or form. Well, good for you. And going back to those service members who were separated uh, with other than an honorable discharge because of their reasons, whatever those reasons were, to not be vaccinated uh, is an outrage. First of all, it's, mm-hmm. uh, the Biden administration itself had to accede to the fact that it was a very stupid move. Uh, our service members, we can't recruit enough service members right now for any branch of our military. And to mm-hmm. have the temerity to do that without a vote of the Congress, without a vote of the Senate, the representation of the people's will uh, is is just ignorant, I, and I just want to congratulate you for taking that on, and uh, I, I, we will be following you and your efforts to make that happen. Uh, it's just too important to those patriots who are serving this country in uniform. It's outrageous. Thank you very much, and I can tell you that there's been a lot of people that have reached out that have asked specifically that we do remember them and that we continue that fight. So if they are listening, don't worry. I want to let you know that there are good people. We're going to be fighting for you, and we're going to get it done because right now especially, I think the American people realize if there's one thing that this administration has shown us, it's that, you know, they're going to make a lot of mistakes, but we can we can help kind of fix it as best as we can. And so I hope to do that with my Republican colleagues of the 118th Congress. Great. I, I want to turn to one last question here. The House is expected uh, to vote uh, soon on a $70 billion cut in the Internal Revenue Service budget uh, to fulfill (laughs) the uh, Speaker McCarthy's promise uh, when he won the gavel uh, to make sure that those 87,000 new IRS agents don't have the money to to carry out new audits on on American citizens. We just found out, by the way, that the most aggressive audits were against those people who are at the lowest pay uh, levels. Uh, This this IRS, this administration is an affront to American values, to the American people, and everything that you all can do in the the 118th Congress to roll back uh, these totalitarians who call themselves Democrats will be much appreciated. 
uh, and the republic uh, depended on the outcome. I just want to ask you uh, here as we conclude, uh, what your what your thoughts are on that legislation and all of the promises made uh, in the first week, uh, first order of business here. Do you think it's all going to to move forward successfully? Absolutely. I can tell you that I am looking forward to voting yes on that repeal of those 87,000 IRS agents and the funding going along with it. But more importantly, I think that you will also see the Republican conference adopting that rules package that we fought so hard for. And I'd be really interested to see what members of Congress vote to keep the IRS agents. I think that'll be an interesting vote. (laughs) I think you're exactly right. We always give our guests here, uh, Representative Luna, we always give our guests the last word. And uh, if you will, your concluding thoughts. Yeah, just keep faith. Thank you for all your support. And if you want to follow us on, uh, on the trail and see what we're doing up here in Washington, you can always head over to my official Twitter account at Rep Luna or follow me on my personal at Real Anna Paulina. Okay, and we'll put that out uh, as well on our social media. Uh, we appreciate you being with us, uh, Representative Luna. Again, good talking with you. I wish you all the very best. Uh, thanks so much, and God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. Representative Anna Luna. Our guests coming up on The Great America Show include Congressman James Comer, Chairman of the House Oversight Committee, Brent Bozell, conservative activist and head of the Media Research Center, Congressman Matt Rosendale, one of the Freedom Caucus members who stood tall in the congressional reform negotiations, and Scott Perry, chair of the Freedom Caucus, and of course, a stalwart in the reform talks as well. Please be sure to be with us all week. Thanks, God bless you, and may God bless America.